Hello everyone, I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. And I pray that the broadcast is going to be a very special blessing to you and will be a great inspiration to your faith. We're going to be talking about pursuing God's glory. You know, coming into 2018, the Lord said to me that it will be days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. But I have a question for you. How badly do you want that in your life this year? Do you really want days of glory, days of abounding, and days of flourishing? You know, Jesus asked a man a question one time. This man was sitting at the pool of Bethesda. He'd been crippled for many, many years, and Jesus walked up to him and asked him this question, will you be made whole? And notice that question implies that wholeness was available. But Jesus wanted to know, how badly do you want it? And I believe he's asking the same question to you today. How badly do you want days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding? You know, it requires a decision. It's not going to happen automatically. It requires a decision on your part. So I want to encourage you to watch closely now as I take you into a service that I preach right here at our church at Heritage of Faith Christian Center in Crowley, Texas, where I was talking about pursuing God's glory and how desperate are you for it. The glory of God is the manifested presence, the manifested power, and the manifested goodness of God. And God wants you to experience it. Once again, how badly do you want it? The Holy Spirit has told us that in 2018, it will be days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. But the question is, how much do you want it? How much do you want it? God's not going to force it on us. God's not going to make us experience it. Amen. The question once again is, how much do you want it? Now, go with me to the book of John, chapter 5. John, chapter 5. And you're all familiar with this story taking place in the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus asked a man a question. We've talked about this in days past, but I'm led of the Spirit of God to share it with you again. John chapter 5 and verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Notice Jesus asked this man a question. Will you be made whole? Indicating or implying that wholeness was available. But notice Jesus didn't force it on him. He didn't just come by and say, uh, I'm the healer. I make people whole. Zowie, take it. <laughs> he said, will you be made whole? Yeah. In other words, he put the responsibility of it coming to pass 
on the man. Now, there's no question that Jesus was capable of making the man whole. I mean, we have evidence of that in other stories in the Bible. We know that he can heal. We know he can deliver. We know that nothing is impossible unto him. But notice, he didn't force it on him. And God is not going to force his glory on us. You have to want it. You have to desire it. You have to hunger for it. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at somebody and say, I am hungry for the glory. So once again, Jesus asked the man the question, will you be made whole? So it sounds as if God needed the man to not only decide that he wanted to be made whole, but it's also indicating what are you willing to do to bring it to pass? Amen. Will you be made whole? Yes. All right. Now, what are you willing to do to make it happen? What are you willing to do to bring it to pass? A lot of people want God's best, but they're not willing to do what it requires. Did my mic go off? I got no response. We want God's best, do we not? But there is certain things that you and I are required to do. It's not automatic. If it was, everybody be enjoying God's best. Amen. In fact, it wouldn't make any difference if you had any faith or not. It wouldn't make any difference if, if you were uh, committed to God or not. If, if, if it was just all automatic, then everybody would enjoy it. But it's not automatic. It is available, but it's not automatic. Can you say amen? So God is not going to force anything on us. That's why he's given us a free will. I have a choice. You have a choice. In fact, God didn't make you get saved. He didn't make me get saved. He gave us a choice. He said, if you believe and if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. But notice he didn't make you. Amen. If God was going to make people get saved, then the whole world would already be saved. Jesus would come before dark and we'd be out of here. Amen. But he's not going to make anybody get saved. He's not going to make anybody get healed. He's not going to make anybody experience wholeness. And he's not going to make anybody hunger for his glory. That's something you and I have to do ourselves. Can you say amen? Now, there are certain things that will take place that will inspire you. You know, uh, uh, in my early days of, of, of walking with the Lord, uh, I would see certain things take place in people's lives and it would inspire me to want to experience what they just experienced. But there again, it was still a choice. You know, sometimes people get inspired in a service, but inspiration can leave before you get to the car. Amen. Amen. Some people get so inspired while they're hearing the word of God preach, they just feel like biting the back out of that chair. Where's that devil? I'll take him. And before they get to the car, they lose their inspiration. One moment they were Superman and now they're Clark Kent. So, Once again, God's not going to make us or force us to experience anything 
that he wants us to have. It's your choice. Hallelujah. So once again, it sounds like that God needed this man to make a decision. He needs you and I to make a decision. And then he's also asking the man with this question, what are you willing to do to bring this to pass? So what he requires first is a decision. Say a decision. And then an act of faith that is followed by deep commitment to never give up until you have possessed it. Amen? So once again, first of all, experiencing God's glory. Show me your glory, Lord. It requires a decision on our part. Secondly, an act of faith. And then finally, followed up by a deep commitment to never give up until it comes to pass. The fact is you will never experience God's best until you're willing to make that deep commitment to have it. You know, um, while we were in the, that meeting in South Africa, I, I sensed in my spirit that God was going to just show out, so to speak, and that uh, it would require on my part not only staying before him and, and locking myself away, I hardly, came, I hardly came out of the room, did I, Joe? Uh, I hardly came out of the room just staying in the presence of God so that when I got into those services, I'd be totally sensitive to his leadership. And uh, not only that, but I also felt in my heart, not for anybody else, but in my place, that I needed to fast that entire week. I remember, of course, I've read it, I don't know how many times, I've watched it on film, and I've talked to him personally when he was still here with us, Oral Roberts, about what it took to operate in an anointing like he operated in. And there was a price to pay. Amen. A serious price to pay. And I remember asking the Lord years, I mean, when I first went into the ministry, I said, Lord, what would it require to have an anointing like that? And he said, you're not ready for that. I said, why not, Lord? He said, because what it would require, you're not willing to pay the price yet. He said, now, I'm not saying you won't ever be willing to pay the price, but right now you're not willing to pay that price. And he said, number one, you remember what the apostle Paul said after he gave his testimony of him uh, experiencing Christ on the road to Damascus? And later he gave his testimony, he said that the Lord told him he had to be delivered of the people. Yeah. And he said, um, and the Lord said to me, you haven't been delivered of people yet. He said, you want everybody to like you. I said, well, what's wrong with that, Lord? He said, they didn't all like me. What makes you better than me? <laughs> Amen. I, I wanted people to speak well of me. But Jesus healed people, delivered people, opened blind eyes, caused cripples to walk. And the religious people said, you can do that because you too have a devil. 
Now that that kind of make you want to go home and go do something else for a living. <laughs> Amen. So it took me a while to get delivered of the people. <laughs> I don't care what they say. Amen. 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 I know my heart. You may not know my heart, but I know my heart. And, and uh, that's, that's the most important thing. And I know God knows my heart. Amen. So there is a price to pay. And, and Oral Roberts was willing to pay that price and almost cost him everything. Almost cost him his family. Almost cost him everything. But he was willing to pay that price. Amen. So for us to just think that we're just going to go about our business, keep doing what we've always done, and never take it to another level in prayer, never take it to another level in praise, never take it to another level in commitment, never take it to another level in fasting, or take it to another level in in, uh, walking in love, then it's foolish for us to think that he's just going to show us his glory anyway. Amen. There is a price to pay. The title of my sermon is, do you want to see God's glory? Then do these things. (laughs) Amen. So we'll get to what you need to do. And uh, uh, contrary to a lot of teaching that's going on right now regarding grace, Thank God for grace. Hey, I'd be the first one to say, thank God for grace. But that doesn't give us a free ride. Amen? That doesn't mean that we're not required to be doers of the word. That doesn't mean that we're not required to be faithful. That doesn't mean that we're not required to be committed. Grace got us in. Grace gives me the ability to stand before God as though sin has never occurred in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for grace. By grace, ye are saved. But don't get the mistaken idea and don't let some fancy preacher pull the wool over your eyes that we live under grace now and we don't have to be doers of the word and we don't have to be faithful anymore and we don't. Yo mama, we do too. Amen. Committed people will do whatever it takes. Look at your neighbor and say, committed people will do whatever it takes. So stop making excuses and just go for it. Amen. Now notice in this story here, when Jesus asked this man, will you be made whole? The impotent man, verse seven, answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Now, this is an excuse as to why it never happens to him. If if God's never moving in your life and God's never doing extraordinary things in your life, more than likely you're going to have an excuse as to why. And it won't be your fault It'll be his fault or somebody else's fault. 
You just don't understand. Well, I'm trying to, but the Bible points out here in this story in particular that excuses won't work. So this man said, Lord, every time that angel comes and troubles the water, when I try to step in, somebody always gets in ahead of me. Notice Jesus didn't say, you poor thing. I'm going to call fire down on this whole group. Burn them all up so you'll be the only one trying to get in the water. He didn't do that. Now, notice this story is really not a story of a man's faith that made him whole. It is a story of Jesus' compassion. Amen. Now, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So there may be times in your life where the compassion of God smoothed it over. (laughs) But you're not going to experience that every time because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Now, God has done some things in our lives where maybe he just overlooked (laughs) and said... Hopefully one day they'll get it. I'm just going to go on and do it now. But that's not the way he expects us to live. Amen. You know, your mama may have covered for you a couple of times, but then eventually she's not going to cover for you anymore. She's expecting you to do it on your own. Amen. Do what's right, boy. I taught you better than that. So this is a story of Jesus' compassion on a man. But it's also an important story about how vital it is for you and I to make a decision to have what God is wanting us to have. God's best. So notice once again, he says, but while I'm coming in, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So once again, this man's faith was not particularly involved here. It was the compassion of the Lord. And and in fact, Jesus somewhat just ignored his statement that somebody always steps in ahead of me. Sometimes it's a blessing for God to ignore you. (laughs) Sometimes you're in the way of your own miracle. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the question was, will you be made whole? So it requires a decision. Wholeness was available. Jesus wanted to give it to him. But the question is, do you really want it? Now go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. How many of you really want to see his glory? Beginning in verse 35, another familiar story. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man by the wayside begging and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace, but he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him. Notice, Jesus is asking uh, another man a question. What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. Now here is a different situation. This man's faith was involved. In that other case, the man's faith wasn't involved. It was an act of compassion on Jesus' part. But here Jesus very clearly said, your faith has made this happen. Amen. It was a, um, uh, an unwavering faith, a faith that would not be denied when they cried, uh, uh, when he cried out, have mercy on me, and they told him to shut up, he cried the louder. In other words, he was not going to allow Jesus to leave his presence without him receiving his healing, his miracle. Amen. Amen. He was determined, just like that little woman that went to that unjust judge and he slammed the door in her face and said, leave me alone, but she wouldn't do it. She kept coming back until she got what she wanted, praise God. Amen. An unwavering faith, a deeply committed faith, a faith that will not be denied. Hallelujah. And so notice he said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? Well, in our response to that question, and I believe he's asking the same question today, our response to that is, show me your glory. Yes. Yes. Amen. That'll cover anything you need. That'll cover anything you desire. It'll cover any problem. It'll cover any impossibility. It'll cover everything that you're confronted with right now. If God would show you his glory, his manifested presence, power, and goodness, it will answer every problem. Hallelujah. If you believe it, give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah. So in response to the question, what do you want me to do? Now, the Lord told me to tell people everywhere I preach this year to keep on their lips and keep in their prayers these words, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Get up every day saying, show me your glory. Go to bed every night saying, show me your glory. Throughout the day, show me your glory. I get up saying it, I go to bed saying it, and I say it several times a day. Every time it comes to my mind, I say it out loud, praise God. Show me your glory. Come on, say it with me. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. Today is the day to say no to distractions and focus on standing established, trusting the Lord. In the eye-opening book, The Established Heart, Jerry Savelle teaches seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to develop an established heart. With your heart established, you can stand in the midst of anything and truly make a difference for God in your life, in your family, and in the world. The Most High wants you most blessed. That begins with the vision. 
In the powerful four-CD teaching, Developing a Vision for Increase, Jerry shares how developing fresh vision will enable you to see life the way God wants you to live it. Don't wait any longer. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request the Pursuing God's Glory resource package, including the book, The Established Heart, and the four-CD message, Developing a Vision for Increase. You can learn to stand steady in victory in the midst of any distractions thrown your way. Develop the vision for an established life today. I trust today's message was a blessing to you, and I trust that you also learned some very valuable revelation that you can take with you right now and apply it and expect to see the glory of God manifest in your life. We're going to keep talking about this on next week's broadcast, and I want to encourage you to join with me. We're going to be talking about pursuing His glory, taking you back into that service where I continue this message. So make your plans to join with me. Don't you dare miss it. And also let me remind you that our special resource package today is my little book entitled The Established Heart. You know, I've written over 70 books in the 49 years I've been in the ministry, but this was my very first book, The Established Heart. I wrote this way back in the early 70s, and it has been reprinted many times. Thousands and thousands of copies have been distributed all over the world. It talks about seven major revelations that every believer should be established in. And right along with it, my four CD series, Developing a Vision for Increase. God wants you to increase. And you know, when you're experiencing the glory of God, that's part of it. Because if you study the glory of God, you'll find out that the very first time it's mentioned in the Bible, it was in reference to a man's assets. So the glory of God includes prosperity. It includes supernatural increase. And that's the reason we're making this available to you. Developing a vision for increase. Go online, jerrysavelle.org, or if you prefer, the ordering information is on your screen. But the simplest way is just go online at jerrysavelle.org and you can place your order. We'll get it to you right away. Once again, I want to encourage you to join me again next week as we continue this lesson. But I want to pray for you right now. All of you that are experiencing adversity, maybe some very tough challenges. Listen, if you think about it, the glory of God, as I mentioned earlier before, is a manifestation of the power of God, the presence of God, and the goodness of God. And that is the solution to anything and everything you'll ever go through. So I'm going to pray that right now. Father, I'm asking you to cause your presence, your power, and your goodness to manifest in the lives of all of those that are watching this broadcast. Cause your presence to come into their lives and cause it to stop every attack of the adversary. Cause your power to manifest in their life and may it bring about healing in their bodies and deliverance in any way that Satan has attacked them. And may your goodness manifest in their lives and bring them to a higher level of prosperity and favor in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. Now, I want to encourage you, just lift your hands right there where you are and say, Father, I receive that. I receive it in the name of Jesus. All right. Praise God. What a great year you're going to have if you continue to pursue the glory of God. Don't stop. Don't give up. No matter what kind of adversity you might face in the days ahead, you just keep pursuing God's glory. I want to ask you the question once again that I asked at the beginning of the broadcast. What are you willing to do 
to experience the glory of God. How desperately do you want it? So you be thinking about that and then you follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that you're going to walk in a dimension of the glory of God greater than you've ever experienced before. Thank you for watching today. It's been a joy sharing the word with you. I look forward to seeing you again next week. And until then, remember your faith will overcome the world.